What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today, I am here with Nurse Kayla, and we are jumping in to what you can expect on labor and delivery. You don't want to miss this one. Okay, you guys, so today I'm here with Kayla. She is a registered nurse who works on labor and delivery, and she's going to give us kind of a what to expect from the hospital standpoint when you're going in to have your baby, because that can be kind of overwhelming. I feel like it's kind of a process, and you don't know much about it until you get there. So why don't you introduce yourself, give us your background, all the things, then we'll jump in. Yeah? Perfect. So, okay. So I'm Kayla. I... Um, yeah, work on the labor and delivery floor, and I love it so much. I uh, went to college with Anna, actually. Yes, we went to nursing school. school. It was the best <laughs> at the U, um, and then did my capstone in labor and delivery. When I started nursing school, that's what I thought I wanted to do, yes. but of course, I'm like, I've got to like do the I'm clinicals, the try it yeah. out. I yeah. could probably, um, yeah, I didn't know where exactly I wanted to be, but I thought that was the way I wanted to go. So did my clinicals, absolutely loved it, did my capstone, um, fell in love with it and just couldn't see myself anywhere else. So I was like, okay, if I don't get a job in LND right away, like, like, I know I'm like, I quit. I'm done. (laughs) I can't, I can't do nursing (laughs) any other way. So, um, got the job right after my capstone at the same hospital. Okay, um, so same floor. That's same so floor. Nice. It was so nice. It was a nice way to like Transition ease in. in. Yes. yes. Um, love my coworkers and yeah, have been there ever since. So I mean, amazing. it's been a little over two years yeah, that I've been there nice. and I still like every time I go in, like I never dread going into work. Yes. Which, Which I'm like, so this is healthy. the place. Yeah, like, you have found your place, <laughs> yes. for real. Yeah, Never for dreading sure. work. I, like, I mean, I dread waking up to go to work, but <laughs> going in, like, I never, yeah, hate that I have to go in. I love it. I so love I you. think it's the best job for me. That's so awesome. I love that for you. And I'm sure you're perfect at it because literally, I think, I talk with this, talk about this with lots of people who come on here, but I think people who find themselves in birth work and, like, in the birth community really do kind of have to be passionate about it because I think it's a very unique field and it's something yeah. that not everybody is passionate about or likes or thinks is cool. Totally. So when yeah. you do and you find yourself in it and you're like, this is my spot, like you just can't get away from it. <laughs> Which is so funny too because I'll have mamas like come in who are in nursing school or yes. they're doing and I'll ask them what like which uh, unit they want to be on and when they don't say labor and delivery I'm like shocked <laughs> I'm like you want to do something else like yeah. other than this it's shocking to me but I'm so glad yeah everyone kind of just like has their little niche and, yeah yeah I yeah, know it all works out but I think jumping into it meeting those new mamas on L&D one of the best parts of the job personally I love that I yeah. love that first interaction where you're just like okay we're starting this journey together but I also think it can be so overwhelming for some of them because we come in and it's just like 
we have this set of things we have to get done and it's very second nature to just like boom 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 get everything yeah. done and they're just like sitting there like okay oh my gosh what is happening yeah so let's walk through when you meet a new mama and she's coming in to have her baby like what are you doing what are you doing in her room with her body all the things that you're kind of getting her ready to start the laboring process yeah Okay, first dep- of all, it probably depends on what's, like, what's happening. Yeah. Let's say new mama, like, barely laboring or, like, maybe induction. Okay, okay. Not, like, having a baby right that second. Yeah, that's that's the thing, too, is there's so many – sorry, that probably sounded – I'm like, okay. There are so many different ways or just, like, paths, I guess, yes. or journeys. We'll call them journeys. Yes, there's so true. many journeys – um, to having a baby. So yes. uh, there's like the triage journey where you come in Let's for a, Should we start triage? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So this is when you don't have like an induction date, either you're having your contractions that are getting stronger, close together, your body's going into labor, or your water breaks. Those are like the two. I mean, there are, there are, Many reasons why people come in, but those yes. are like the two. But like you we'll think keep baby simple. might be coming. You think you're baby might be to coming. Triage. Yes, you're coming to triage. So uh, as far as like the labor goes, um, your contractions are getting strong, and you're like, okay, body's going into labor. You come into triage. When you get there, we kind of do this whole triage system where we check and see if this these contractions are actual labor contractions. Um, so. The I mean I'm sure I'm sure most like hospitals do it about the same right similar. yeah where we're gonna check your cervix see how far you're dilated and then what we do our protocol is we wait an hour hour and a half um, during that time you can go walking um, whatever's comfortable for you hang out in the room drink some juice whatever yeah, just chill. <laughs> just chill. <laughs> We check you again, and if your cervix has changed, woohoo, you're in labor, you get to have a baby that day. So what we're going to do is we're going to admit you. Um, do you have, at your hospital, do you have, like, a certain dilation that they need to be to before you keep them? Or is it just, like, they changed, we're going to keep you? It's If you've changed, okay. we keep you. Okay. Um, sometimes, like, if your cervix... <laughs> like these words are so weird if your cervix is thick <laughs> yes, sometimes we'll wait another because we don't want you to stall out and then be have stuck. to be with us yeah. for a lot longer when it was just like your body's getting ready mm-hmm. but it's not quite there yes. so it's kind of up to I don't know the, like the nurses trying to get like if your cervix is still super thick sometimes we're like okay let's just watch you another hour and see if like yes. you keep changing um, because we don't want to stall out and then have to start interventions where if you would have waited, you know, a day or yes, two, then yes. you and would have I just love, done it on your own. I love that you do that, truthfully, because I feel like that can be some women's fears that they're coming in and it's like, oh, what if I, like, get admitted and then I do stop having contractions and yeah. now I have, like, Pitocin that I may not have needed or, like, I end up with, like, a C-section or something, like, all these interventions totally. that... You know, just kind of jumping on the labor train a little early. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. But that's good. That's interesting. Because I feel like at least the, the hospital that I delivered my first baby at, the nurse, I remember she tell, telling me that, like, I needed to be three centimeters dilated oh, okay. for them to keep me. Oh, interesting. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Like, 
obviously I don't have any control over that, but sure, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's interesting that you do it just on like change. I like that. Yeah. Another thing that helps me kind of gauge Oh, I shouldn't share my secrets with oh, you guys because yeah. sometimes, like, the moms know exactly what to say and yeah. I'm like, who told like you? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I will ask, like, when they're in a lot of pain, I would ask them to, if they've made, like, a little bit of change but not a ton, I'll ask them, like, and if they want an epidural, if that's part of their journey, mm-hmm. I'll ask them, are you ready to get it right now? Um, and if they're like, no, no, I can still wait, then I'm like, okay, then let's wait, like, another hour and see if you can – if you change more. Yes. But but when they're like, yes, like, I need one right now, that kind of helps me gauge, okay, you're, like, in a you're lot of pain. You're ready. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. get an epidural and then keep going with yeah. it. That's another way that I kind of gauge where they're at. But usually it's just depends on the change yeah. and how yeah. thin their cervix is. Yeah. I love it. Also, I'm like <laughs> – that is such a secret. Mom's gonna I be like, know. I'm having my baby today. So if you get Kayla, then you want your epidural that second. Yeah, and then I'll know. I'll be like, it's time, girl. Let's do it. <laughs> I guess the other way we talked about a little bit is um, your water breaking. Yes. There's a few tests that we do to see if it is amniotic fluid if you're ruptured. Um, sometimes, you know, you just don't have as much control over your bladder and it could no, be pee no. and we don't feel bad yeah, about I'm that like, at no all. Shame. No, no shame. No shame at all. I'm just happy that you've come in because um, when you wait, like, days or someone's like, yeah, it Ooh. broke, like, I think it broke, like, three, four days ago. I'm like, well, dang it. Like, <laughs> I wish you were here a little sooner. Baby, so yeah. Totally. So I think, like, err on the side of caution. There's never any shame. And I think that's also important to say is that with triage, I think, at least in my own experience, too, with my first pregnancy, and this was obviously when I was in nursing school, so like yeah. I hadn't worked in labor and delivery, um, but I feel like I was very, like, nervous almost to come in, kind yeah. of, like, embarrassed. Like, yeah. I was, like, I don't know if this is really labor, mm-hmm. like, what if it's not, what if they're mean, like, yeah. all these, like, weird thoughts in my brain of, like, I shouldn't go in, you know? Yeah. But I think just really putting it out there that, you as the triage nurse genuinely doesn't care if you're in labor or not. Like, it's like you would rather have you be there and have the peace of mind of us saying, you know what? These are Braxton Hicks. Labor's coming soon. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. Versus like, or like when you come in and you are in labor, like, amazing. We'll have that baby. But just getting rid of the fear surrounding coming into triage and looking stupid. Yes. (laughs) I think is massive at least would have been massive for me as a new totally never feel bad for coming in I felt so bad anyway so triage if you're in labor and you're ready to have that baby you are going to move to labor and delivery yeah okay what's happening when you get to the floor okay you get to the floor you get your room um we kind of hospital is this the room you have the baby in this is the room you have the baby in um I know since, like, 2020, the COVID stuff, people don't do many tours anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think most hospitals actually have, like, if you YouTube, yeah, like a um, labor and delivery room at, like, whatever hospital. Yeah. A lot of them will have tours that you can even, like, go and just kind of look and see what the room looks like. Yes, um, our hospital is set up where you get into your room. It's a fairly large room, has its own bathroom, um, pull out for the dad, 
um, you have your baby there. You stay there for about two hours after delivery, and then we get you all cleaned up and move you over to a mom-baby room. Okay. More comfortable bed, so you get that upgrade. (laughs) We're like, we make our beds uncomfortable, so you, like, want to have that baby as soon as possible. (laughs) And then we get you over to mom-baby, yeah, more comfortable bed, a little bit smaller room, um, but that's more moms are over there because you stay there for 24 to 72 hours um depending on you know how your birth goes how your birth goes and all that good stuff but um we get you in a room we kind of just orient you to the room we will get an IV we like to have IV access um in the hospital we can saline lock it meaning we're not putting anything through it Mm -hmm. but just in case there was an emergency and we needed quick access Uh, for medication for fluid giving you fluid can help your baby so we just have we like that quick access Mm -hmm. and Um, not to play devil's advocate yeah do you feel like you have a lot of moms come in and be like I don't want an IV I do yeah but after honestly I I love this podcast your podcast because of like the education like once we educate them Mm -hmm. we ask them like why don't you want it oh I don't want to be pumped with the stuff great we won't give you fluid or anything unless you need it and when we educate them like this is why we have it it's mm-hmm. not so we can just like put poke it in you, you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I love doing IVs I truly do but <laughs> it's not because of that it's because of if something were to go south really quick like we have that access mm-hmm. and we have a quicker way of helping you and your baby yeah. honestly like our goal is healthy happy mom and baby and that's just one way of achieving it um yeah, so yeah, I love that. just by educating them, you know, like this is why we put it in. Yes. It's not just because hospital policy, but there yeah. there are reasons for yeah. it. Like yeah. and with my own, like when I was actually having my first baby again in nursing school, didn't know a whole bunch about like protocols and all the things yeah. in the hospital. I was kind of one of those that was like, I don't really want an IV. Uh-huh. Like I don't need it. You know what I mean? And yeah. ended up of course speaking with my nurse. I got an IV. But they literally didn't even use it. Like, yeah. they took it out at the end of, Amazing. like, 12 hours later or something or whatever. I yeah. had to have it in for a certain amount of time yeah. because of my blood loss. But yeah. I think I had maybe – I'm trying to, actually, I probably had fluids now that I'm thinking about it because I did have an epidural. Okay, yeah. But, like, I didn't have it just to be pumped with anything <laughs> yeah. extra. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that you're choosing to educate and help people kind of work through that because that can be such a, like – hard point yes yeah no for sure I know um but yeah once you're just kind of educated on it like truly I'm not doing this just because yeah and it is funny like do I bring this up or not but there's just been a lot of like posts and stuff like villainizing hospitals and nurses yes and quick story actually this happened like last week we have midwives at our hospital so we deliver with midwives yes and um, one of the midwives came out and told me this later, but I guess while she was in the room, the patient asked, she's like, she's like, so do they have different nurses for midwives and different nurses for doctors that take care of us? So when like, you know, my midwife takes care of me, do they have diff- like, yes, like nurse- nurses? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, no, like they're yeah. just all the same. Why do you ask? And she's like, I was just so impressed. Like how nice they were, how willing they were to work with me and mm-hmm. all of this. And it's funny because I think social media has really like villainized mm, yeah. nurses that yes. work in a hospital. Yes. When I wish like 
we just could put a little bit more education out there like no like we're not here to like poke you and medicate you and Oh make gosh, this Kayla. as out of like control Great. as possible like yes. no we're here for you like yes. we want you to have the best experience we want it to be your birth we want it to be your journey yes. um so that's just like a little plug like I hope like yes and I couldn't I don't know more. we can change like this narrative that nurses are evil and just want to put pump like, people put you in the system and like have <laughs> yeah. your baby the way they want to I know yeah I think like this big movement of having your baby out of hospital which I also think is beautiful I'm like have your baby in the birth center sure fantastic yeah. have your baby at home if that's what you want like that's great yeah but choosing to have your baby in the hospital does not mean that like somebody else is going to control your birth like totally. like there are so many nurses that work in hospital that want you to have that unmedicated low intervention like beautiful birth you've always dreamed yeah. of if that's your birth or like literally like the epidural I don't know any birth you're dreaming of you can have it in a hospital. Yeah. And, like, nurses are not out there to get you. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. It makes me sad that that's kind of the portrayal that we do often see on social media because I think – and my husband and I actually always talk about this. I think the only people that ever really, like, speak up on social media or, like, in the community really are the people who have, like, very strong opinions one way or the other. Yeah. It's usually yeah. the people who are, like, so mad <laughs> that, like – the hospital even exists and like it's such a system totally. that they're just gonna like hate on everybody in it regardless mm -hmm. or like the ones who are I don't even know like out in the woods having their baby which yeah. is fantastic <laughs> but yeah, it's like no the kidding. middle ground people often don't like get a voice where it's like personally I think all is great yeah have your epidural have your c-section yeah have your baby at home have your baby in the woods go for it like do you know what do I mean like, yeah everybody that it's kind of middle ground, I think, just gets, like, I don't know, doesn't have a voice that often, and so they do get villainized without, yeah, like, any backing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And I'm sure that's frustrating, especially, like, totally. being in the field where you're like, no, this is literally yeah. not like, what I'm Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not out to get you. Like, I want you to have your beautiful birth. Yes, you and know? you're like, I'm getting your ID, so I have your lab, so that I can provide <laughs> you the best, safest Totally, <laughs> totally. I'm like, we know, like, you can bleed extra, and you're yes. going to need things for that. Yes. Because I want you to save you, yeah, <laughs> you know? Seriously, yes. And, like, so. I think that that's such, again, it's usually, like, people who have these very strong opinions may not have, like, the strongest education base, where yeah. it's, like, they may not have, like, this super strong understanding of mm -hmm. what a postpartum hemorrhage is. Yeah. And so it's, like, to have been someone who's worked in a field and seen one and seen how fast it can get really scary. Totally. It's, yeah. like, no. Like, this is literally why we do these things. Yeah, like, exactly. And, yeah, education is everything. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, like, rant over. <laughs> seriously. Here we are. Next um, up. <laughs> Ivy's in. <laughs> and like the very first step, we <laughs> we did it. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, so Ivy's in. Um, at that point, the nurse is gonna talk to the doctor, let him know you're here, what's going on, how far you're dilated, and kind of create a plan with you and your doctor um, on how things are moving forward. Again, so many journeys. I'm like, I can just see like a what do you call that like a tree yes, just like, like coming do, 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 do. down yes. yeah like if this happens yes if yes. this happens no yes. um if you're in labor great like you keep going um there's no protocol of how, like how often 
your cervix is checked. Kind of depends on what the doctor wants, how you're feeling. You know, that's mm-hmm. part of the plan that you guys come up with. Um, but usually, on that note, mm-hmm. how do you feel about moms who don't want their cervix checked? Do you get a Do you get a lot of pushback with that? Actually, I don't okay. get a ton of pushback with that. Yeah. Um, when my Again, moms are being devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, no, please do. Um, yeah, I wish I had. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, with the unmedicated moms, I don't check them as often because they can kind it's, of it's tell me what. Yeah, it's not as comfortable for them. Um, they can kind of tell me. You know, when they're in more pain, I can see that and I'm guessing that they're, and then a lot of the times they will actually ask me, like, I got to know how far I'm dilated. Totally. Great. I'll check. Yeah. I've been laboring for so many hours. Like, I better be close. Yes, please. Yeah. Tell me. Um, when the patients have an epidural, that's a little harder to gauge because they can't really tell me Mm -hmm. if they're in more pain or less pain. Yes. So typically... Depends. If their water's broken, I tend to check them maybe every three hours just because you're introducing, you know, you could be introducing bacteria or whatever. You don't want them to have that increased risk of infection. Um, But if, like, their water's not broken, it's about every two hours. Two hours, like, gives me – that's enough time to see how you're progressing. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, as long as you're just changing even a little bit every two hours, like, great, let's just keep going. I love it. There are some moms who stall out, don't change for a reason. Sometimes baby, like, when they're facing sunny side up, so, like, stargazing when they're coming out, um, so they're not putting that, like, their head's not applying that pressure to the cervix, making it harder to change. Mm-hmm. So there are, like, position changes we can do, but that helps me know, yes. okay, we either, we start doing position changes. If another two hours goes by and you're not changing, maybe let's introduce a little bit of Pitocin to get your contractions amplified and, and see if we can. learn that works. Exactly. I love that. Let's talk a little bit more about the position changes. Okay. This is something that I... I just wish more people knew about going into labor because obviously I think you're a fantastic nurse and I just like in speaking to you, I already know what kind of nurse you would be with a patient, (laughs) but not every nurse is as proactive as you may be. Yeah. So for the patient to know like, Hey, I've seen this, I've heard about this. Can I try this? Yes. I think that is so huge. Yeah. So let's walk through like, I don't know, standard position changes you may be putting a mom in throughout labor. Yeah. Usually if she has an epidural, this is kind of more because if you're, not, if you're not medicated, you can move around however you feel. Totally. But from a medicated standpoint, you're kind of pinned when you have an epidural. So yeah. what are you doing for that mom to help for labor progress? Okay. So my go-to, which I think is the most magical thing ever, is the peanut ball. Love. You've probably like heard it. It's like a yes. ding word, like peanut yes. ball. <laughs> yes. And honestly, when I come on to a shift and like a patient's been there all day and she has not been on the peanut ball, I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, excuse me? Yeah. And yeah. it's happened. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but it's happened quite a few times. Yeah. And I'll go in, put them on the peanut ball, and they'll birth just a few hours later. And I'm like, bro, like if You're you like, were on this, mom. yes. No, and I so. think like that's so real. And I think some nurses just like, sometimes your shift is crazy. Yeah. Sometimes you have more than one patient. Yeah, like, totally. And it's like, 
I couldn't find a peanut bowl. Correct. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not saying there are bad nurses out there that are not trying to help you progress. But. Yeah, but if you're a mama and you're going in and. Just be like, hey, suggest can I try the, the peanut, peanut ball? Totally. Your nurse will be there. Totally. <laughs> so, um, peanut ball. It's looks like a huge peanut. Yeah, like it's like, <laughs> like, it's like a bouncy described. ball that yeah. looks like a big peanut, hence yeah. the peanut ball. And it goes between your thighs. Um, you're turned all the way onto your left side or your right side, put it between those legs. You can like incline just a little bit as well while you're in that, so you don't have to be like completely laying Lay down. Yeah. yeah, flat. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, some people are different. I like to do about every 30, 45 minutes. Love. One side to another, kind of rotating mm-hmm. like a 7-Eleven hot dog. Yes. Just going back and forth. <laughs> um, so my, everyone's a little different. I What I see work, uh, what works the best is like I'll go one side, the other side, and then I'll put you up in thrown, which is straight up, kind of gives you a break from being on your sides. Um, helps gravity baby come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, depending on how baby tolerates, sometimes there's a cord that yes. baby doesn't like one side or the other. So it just kind of changes it up. Um, so yeah, I'll go like right, left, thrown, right, yes, left, thrown. Which I um, also think that's important to say um, is that sometimes nurses do come in and are like, we need to change your position. Yes. And that's usually because why? Because baby's not loving it. Baby's yeah. heart is going down with the contraction usually, um, meaning... Usually it's just there's a cord in the way. I mean, mm-hmm. we know babies with its umbilical cord, and when that's compressed, um, baby's not getting the oxygen it needs during the contraction. The, and there are easy fixes to it usually. Yes. Oh, it's so like let's roll you to your other yeah. side. Or and like, a lot of the times, like my, I'll have my charge nurse, like she's watching all of the fetal heart tracings out at the desk. So when she sees something going wrong in one room, she'll come in. So if a few nurses show up and we just like are hurry, like being quick to change you. Take a few deep breaths. We'll explain it after. And usually we're not too stressed about it. We just know that baby is not going to like this side for much longer. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're quick at changing you. But it's something not to, like, get super stressed. I know it's, like, so, like, obviously this is, like, an anxious time. Yes. First time, second time, third time, seventh time. Every time. Every time. (laughs) You're anxious and you're worried and you want your baby to be okay. Um. But we have a pretty good read on, we just got to change your position. Mm-hmm. Let's let baby recover. And, yes. Yeah. Which on the other side of it, I think also like if your nurse isn't changing your position super often, you should also say something. Yeah. You should be like, hey, I've been on my right side for an hour and a half. Totally. We should probably make a switch. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen this in your practice, but I feel like oftentimes if a mom spent a certain amount of time like more on one side than the other sometimes that side of their cervix will get like swollen or it won't yeah. dilate completely on one side and they'll have like a lip of cervix left or something like yes. that so how do you treat like when you have a mom who's almost complete she's almost 10 like what do you do to try and like get rid of the lip of cervix do you have any tricks yeah it you're right position helps a lot mm-hmm. so if it's like one-sided then i'll turn um I always forget. I turn them what? Do it. Yeah, but I will turn them that way, mm-hmm. um, and that usually does the trick. Okay. Honestly, that's always done the trick. So that's good. Yeah. yeah, just like turning them on that side. But it is like, um, like I said, the way baby's facing in there. Mm-hmm. When you're turning side to side, that actually helps baby rotate 
to be face down, mm-hmm. which, you know, applies that pressure to the cervix, dilating the cervix. It's magical. It does, it does the trick. Some baby is in um, the right position. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's just like a little lip just anteriorly. So just like right like 12 o'clock at 12 o'clock of your cervix um so sometimes i'll just sit up and thrown and let gravity do the work that way but yeah it really is like position change does it helps everything it helps dilate the cervix it helps um baby when baby's not happy it it, yes it's it can help contractions too it's interesting like if you change positions, like contractions can become more regular. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, that. Yeah. There's like an account, you probably follow them on Instagram, but there's an account called the Bundle Birth Nurses. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like this like motion is lotion. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Oh, that's funny. Like, I've never heard. Oh my or God. I haven't seen that on there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that. I saw it maybe when I was like in training or something. I don't remember, but it is stuck with me because I'm like, okay, you're right. Like that's you get that baby moving and then it just like slides its way into place like yes. I don't know somehow you move the body and it it really does work wonders so I would say just like a tip for any mom listening is like if you feel like you're too stagnant and once you have your epidural like you're just stuck in the same position for too long really don't feel bad being like hey can I move <laughs> like yes. will you shift me let's do something because it will make your labor progress infinitely faster yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I love it so the other week too I had a dad that I came in to change her position and the dad was already like stacking pillows, like had already changed her position. I'm like, gosh, like you have a job here. My goodness, you're hired. Um, But yeah, please don't like, please ask your nurse to switch up your position. It can help so much in the labor process and also feel like you, I mean, there really isn't much the mom can do, especially once you have your epidural, like you're just chilling and relaxing this is yeah. something that you can definitely do to yeah get your body moving I love it I love, I love it. it um let's talk for a second too because I don't think we did about the monitors mm-hmm. that are on the belly yeah because I think that also can be something when that brings anxiety to moms if like the monitor slips off and you can't find baby yes it's not the baby is in any harm yeah like 99.9 percent of the time yeah the baby moved but yeah explain that <laughs> yeah so monitors it's my job as a labor and delivery nurse when i'm not in your room is to sit at the desk the and to watch the monitor <laughs> like that is what i'm doing yes. if i go to the bathroom i ask another nurse to watch the monitor like yes. there are always eyes on the monitor so we know to an extent, what's going on with baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know when the monitor comes off, it's so yes. easy to tell. But when you're sitting in there and you're not a labor nurse and you hear the heartbeat stop, yes. that it's is like panic mode. Panic <laughs> mode. It is so scary. Um, that's another thing where I just say, like, tr- I don't know, trust the nurses. We will be in. Yes. Because if I don't see the baby's heart for the seven other nurses watching a minute, <laughs> I'm in there like, okay, yes. what's the baby doing? Yes. Um, so you have two monitors usually on, and there are different forms of monitors that you can have, but the external monitors are most. Yes, I feel like most commonly we, yeah. you'll just have the ones that are on your belly. Yeah. So one is the toco. That is um, usually the higher monitor. And that's the one that's measuring your contractions so we can see how often they're coming. It doesn't tell us how strong your contractions are, 
Um, so some people will watch and they're like, oh, that one got to 60. Let's go. You know, (laughs) that one's to an extent we can see how often they're coming. Um, and we're trying to get in a regular pattern every two to three minutes. The bottom one is reading, um, the fetal heart is the fetal heart monitor, which is just kind of telling us how oxygenated the baby is, um, there are different things that we look at when we're reading a tracing. We like to see the baby's heart go up at certain times for, I don't know, 15 seconds. Um, just to know that the baby's like getting the oxygen, getting excited, that good stuff. We also see sometimes the heart go down, um, which the shape will tell us a lot about what's going on. If it looks like a V, then we're like, okay, baby's cord is getting compressed a little. Let's change your position. Let's figure that out. Um, if it looks more like a U, and it's like with the no, this is too much. <laughs> like nursing school. There we go. Um, but yeah, things. it depends where it is. Like if it's with a yeah. contraction, we're like, okay, that's baby's head getting squished. That's a good thing. We don't have to do anything to fix that. Yes. Um, we might want to check you because maybe you're be complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But baby's head has come down. So yes. beautiful. Um, if it comes after a contraction, that U-shape, then we're like, okay, baby's losing oxygen with those contractions. Let's, um, let's give something. you fluid, fluid. Let's change your position. Mm-hmm. Let's. So there, there are different things yes. that we do um, when we're reading it. But we're like 24-7 eyes on the monitor. Some mamas, they, they're like, my anxiety can't handle this. Great. We'll turn off the sound completely. You can tell us like, hey, I don't want to listen to it. Totally. Perfect. We'll turn it off for you and then we'll just be watching it out at the desk. Some like to hear it and sometimes even just like knowing like, hey, if it just stops automatically, that's probably your monitors moved yes. <laughs> because when baby's looking good, it takes them a while to just... All of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when baby's looking good, if you're not hearing it, just at like an immediately the monitors come yeah it's, it's <laughs> the, the monitors, monitors fault. or the baby or the baby's just moved too yes, yes yes and i think even though that might have felt like a lot of like nurse specific yeah well sorry but at the same time like in like any listener hearing that it's like there is such a science behind what we're watching for yeah. and like it's not just again one more intervention we're trying to like put on your belly it's like totally no. We are watching for so many specific things, and it's telling us so many things about the health of your baby and the health of, like, your labor process. So yeah. it's so it's so beneficial, you know, for us to help you achieve a birth that is hopefully low intervention and no issues, you know? Totally. Um, on the monitoring side, though, yeah. do you – again, I'm, like, playing devil's advocate today. Yeah. Do you ever have moms who come in wanting intermittent monitoring, and how does your hospital kind of handle that? Yeah, so – Gosh, all this happened like last week. I love um, just the other week, I was actually talking with. So we have a hospitalist. That's okay. someone, a doctor who's on our floor twenty four seven. It's a new thing we got. Yeah. It's great. That's I love amazing. it. And yeah. she was out talking to us um, and some of the nurses, and we were talking like we really don't need to be monitoring continuously. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like become this standard where we're like, well you don't want us in there every hour for five, 10 minutes or whatever it is. So we'll just keep them on. Um, but really if the mom is, doesn't have an epidural, isn't on Pitocin, is doing this, um, unmedicated labor, like you don't need to be monitored continuously. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. As long as when we're in there, we get a baby for however long, 
What is I'm, it? Yeah, I'm, I don't know what like it would be. Yeah. Probably like a minute or two. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just like I as think long just as two baby minutes sounds and nice baby and sounds strong great, for like, two minutes. Like, yeah. That's a pretty good indicator totally. that it's tolerating babe or labor really well. Yeah. And um, like you said, I love that your hospitalist was even on board with oh, like continuous monitoring great. does not need to happen. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I think it's just become this standard that we, I don't know. It's just when I started, that's what we did. And I so I feel like when. When I'm training people, that's what they do. And totally. it's just become this thing where, yeah. and most moms aren't bothered by it anyways. Yes. And, and I feel so... like that's a lot of moms, like you said, are getting an epidural and they're just kind of resting anyway. Yeah. And if, unless baby is like literally so active and moving around and yeah. getting off all the time, it's really not that much of a bother. Yeah. You're going in anyway to check on them once an hour or something. And it's like, if the baby's on, you don't touch their monitors. They just sit on their belly, and it's not a big deal. Totally. But if you so, are unmedicated, yeah. like, definitely, if that's part of what you want. Well, because then you're not tethered not. to a machine. Like, yeah. Your movement is not inhibited at all. Yeah. So I would for sure just ask if they'll do intermittent. Because yeah. it's really not necessary to be continuous. Yeah. In my opinion. But that's another day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, amazing. So let's think IV monitors. What else do we talk about? Positioning. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the labor process is. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And then when you're ready to have baby, let's talk about kind of just like what happens as you're getting ready to push mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll move in C-section. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Let's talk about pushing. Okay. Pushing. Amazing. So again, so many know, journeys like, with like, pushing. So, so many journeys. <laughs> yes. Um, there are different positions that you can be in when pushing. Okay. So I've good had, to know. yeah, I've had people push on their sides, people push on their backs. With an epidural, it's going to be easiest for you to be on your back mm-hmm. because you don't have that much control, and it's a good position for baby to come out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like pushing on the back, but if you have a preference, if you've researched other positions like tell us and we'll do it yeah yeah which I feel like that and again this is probably nurse specific for Mm -hmm. me like if they had an epidural and they wanted to push in a different way like it was like okay we'll get the hands to make that happen you know if we have the manpower we'll absolutely put you in hands and knees yeah make sure you're stable yeah and I have turned people over um hands and knees especially when it's not working as well on the back yes um there are different ways you can hold your legs. You can hold behind your knees. Our beds, I don't know how all beds are, but our beds have little handlebars that you can hold on to. And sometimes, I love it. Sometimes it helps just to like get into that sit-up position. Yes. Um, so I like the handlebars. I use them pretty yeah. frequently. Um, your support person can hold a leg. The nurse can hold a leg. We can put you in stirrups. And there are different ways to push. My favorite way that I've seen is most effective is just thinking about like you're going underwater um instead of taking a deep breath in and blowing all that air out you want to kind of save that air save that energy so pretend you're going underwater hold that air in and then i say push down low like you're going poop (laughs) and it it works (laughs) it works quite well um i feel like that's such a good relatable visual yeah because i feel like pushing can be like the nemesis oh my gosh yeah the whole labor process where like they have this beautiful labor and then like pushing just doesn't connect. Yes. And yeah. it's for no reason. Like it's not the mom's fault. It's just a very like specific muscle group that yep. is working. Yeah. And unless you can like key into it, 
It yeah. takes time. And yeah, that's okay. it does take time. But that's for a sure. really, really good visual. I yeah. love that. I Go underwater. Yeah. Um, for first time, second time, third time, moms even, it can take 10, 15 minutes to push. You mm-hmm. just push with a few contractions. And that can be your story for a first time mom. I have seen it yes. quite a bit. Yes. But also, you can be pushing for three hours, mm-hmm. which takes a lot of mental power. It takes a lot of physical power, and yes. it's hard. But babies will come out after three hours. Like, it, but it happens. It happens. It happens. They will come out. Um, so that's hard. It's, it's different. You know, everyone's yeah. a different story. But I think the biggest thing is just if you're pushing for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 or three hours, take that time between the contractions to relax yes. and to tell yourself you can do it <laughs> and to talk For yourself real. into it. Yes. Get a nice chip. But I think between the contractions are like the most important to mm-hmm. positive talk yourself, mm-hmm. say, I can do this. Just to like boost your morale and totally. like make sure you can just push on. Like yeah. Literally. Cause, cause like you said, I think it can be really demoralizing like get to the end and you're like you're gonna meet your baby yes and then it's like literally four hours later and yes you're still pushing yeah and it's like yeah. yes that is so mentally taxing mm-hmm. to be able to just know even beforehand like that may not be your story but if it is here's like some coping skills you have for those yeah. in between contraction moments because you really will need to just kind of like revamp your yeah power yeah so relax like, while you can and then hit it like it's your last one every single yes, time yes. and it's hard like everyone's like i didn't train for this i'm like i know like there's no training no for pushing and it takes a while for it to click but once it clicks like just keep going yes, and, yes. and you'll do it sometimes there are like a few little tricks that i'll use i'll have like me or the husband or spouse or um significant other place their hand on their belly and try to have them just like use their abs to push the hand off you're not going to feel it super well but you'll feel that pressure yeah other times I'll ask if they want to see the mirror I'll put the mirror down and if you can like see your little one's head sometimes that's just the motivating factor that can help you push a little harder or if you want to reach down and even touch baby's head Mm -hmm. sometimes that helps as well so there are little tricks um and it's, it's fun, too. I love pushing with my patients because yes. that's, like, where I really get to know them. And, like, totally. you know, yes. between, I'll ask questions and we'll just kind of hang out. Usually it's just the nurse um, and then the mama and their support person yes. in the room Which pushing. I think that's important to yeah. say. I think people are always blown away, like, what the heck, my <laughs> Where's doctor's my doctor? not even here. And you're like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is not something to be afraid of. Yes. Like, this is very expected and normal for us. Like, we're going to practice with you for a minute. Mm-hmm. And if baby seems like they're coming in the next three pushes, like, yes, we are going to get doctor in here. Do yeah. not worry. But chances are you'll be there for a couple minutes with just your nurse. Yeah. And it is. It's kind of like the best time. Because yeah. you're just really so close to mm-hmm. helping them achieve, you know, obviously welcoming their new little one into the world. And it's such a special, a special thing. Yeah. So I love pushing too. Yeah, it's the best. I like reminisce. I know. <laughs> it's so fun. And yeah, just like hearing hearing their stories, how they met. Yes. Um, they're Get just, the oxytocin going. Yes, all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I love that. Okay, so pretty, 
pretty good. I feel like we covered yeah. the laboring process pretty good, pretty yeah. straightforward. Is there anything else you can think of that like someone might not know about or expect from just like a this is something that happens pretty much every time? <laughs> I know. Um I yeah, I think the thing that's surprising, like you just said, you usually don't see your doctor. For the majority mm-hmm. of your labor there. Sometimes they'll come in and break your water if um, yes. that like helps advance the process. But sometimes you don't see them until you're ready to deliver. Yes. But know that the nurse is in communication with the doctor. Like every few hours I'll call my doctor and update. Or they'll call me and be like, hey, how's the patient doing? And I'll mm-hmm. update them. And um, So the doctor's very aware of what's going on. Yes. But they might not be there for the whole thing. Yes. Um, so that's something totally. to know is like totally. your doctor's aware, but they also might not be there until yes. you deliver. Yes. Um, another thing that it, it would take a lot to get into, but inductions. Yes. There are daytime inductions. There are also nighttime inductions where you come in for night just to get that cervix ready. Mm-hmm. And then you start the labor in the morning. It's a really long process. And I yes. don't think a lot of people... I, when the, I know the doctor talks to him about it before they come into labor, but I don't know to what extent they talk to him about it. Yes. It's a long process. Yes. You can be there all night and all day and into the evening yes. and sometimes the next night. And yeah, it's and like, it could be like 48 hours. It can and it's be. it's like not even surprising. And it can be exhausting. <laughs> yes. So I would just say when you come in for that process, like that night, you're trying to sleep as best as you can, mm-hmm. but prepare yourself mentally like, I'm going to be here for a while. I haven't even started the labor. That's going to happen in the morning. So try to just get as much rest as you can and mentally know, like, this could be long. Yes. Um, so that's, think, that's yes, another little thing just to so touch on. I think that's so wise to bring that up because truly I think people are like, oh, yeah, I'm being induced on Thursday. I'm going to have my baby. And I'm like, yeah, it could be Sunday, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's okay. And that's fine. Yeah. And not abnormal at all for it to take that long. Um. But yeah, I do think there is kind of a lack of education of like, that actually is a very, very, very long process. Yeah. And mentally preparing for that is huge mm-hmm. because I do think moms get just exhausted and demoralized. Yeah. And by the time they do get to like the end of labor or pushing, it's just like, whoa, we've been at this for three days. Like, yeah. what am I, like, I don't even have anything left to give. So yeah, that was really wise to bring up. Yeah. Good, just like mentally preparing it. And then once baby comes... Everything changes. Everything changes. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Like, you are the happiest person. And it's adorable. And I love to see it. Um, But yeah, everyone's process is so different. Mm -hmm. I also just like a little ding word is when people say, like, I don't want an, what do they say, an unnatural birth. I'm like, oh, birth is natural no matter what medicated or unmedicated is what I use but I think like even if you get to nine centimeters and you are just like so exhausted and you decide to have an epidural and go for that medicated like don't feel like a failure like you're having a child that is so incredible miracle of life it's incredible yeah so I think I mean birth is natural (laughs) birth is just natural whether you have some medication to go along with it or no medication. Um, it's a miracle. It's beautiful. Whatever journey you take, like yes. it's it's a really incredible thing. So 
Which I think that's the perfect segue, honestly, into C-sections. Yeah. Because I think C-sections can, for a lot of moms, hold the weight of, like, my body didn't do yeah. the thing. Like, it's my fault that I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel a lot of guilt surrounding, you know, having their baby be a C-section instead of vaginally. And obviously, I don't think it should be that way. Right. I think that's such a silly thing that, like our culture and like social media has yeah. begun to like shame like shame yeah, is the wrong word but it's for like sure. villainized like having a c-section when it's like what <laughs> yeah like yeah. are you kidding me a c-section is an insane abdominal surgery like yes. if anything that's almost harder than yeah. a vaginal birth but it's just like that birth is so beautiful and natural no matter how it happens yeah um but let's walk through kind of what you could expect I feel like C-sections that do happen, unless they're scheduled, obviously scheduled's a little more straightforward, mm-hmm. but they're either going to be because maybe labor isn't progressing, maybe pushing isn't progressing as mm-hmm. it should, or there is like an emergency. And, yeah. and those can be kind of overwhelming at, at the moment that they're happening. But for let's sure. kind of walk through what you're going to be doing to prep for a C-section and get mom in there and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So when I, I mean, I've been doing this for a good amount of time. time. Yeah, Yeah. and I I can kind of tell when it's going to be headed towards a Mm C-section. This isn't going to be every nurse, and sometimes I'm wrong. I was wrong a few weeks ago where I was like, honestly, like this might end in a C-section, and then she like went complete from like six to complete in an hour. I was like, I, I just tried to scare yeah. your body. You're like, I was, <laughs> I was like, kicking you into gear. Yeah, I was like, your body was just like, let me prove her wrong. And I'm like, that's my it's favorite story. Needed. I yes. love it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, for the most part, I can usually tell either yeah. baby's not um, descending. Sometimes it's a cord is holding them up where they won't descend. Yes. There's so many different reasons. Yes. Um, but I like to kind of, at least plant the seed. I'm like, I don't want you to like, and it's not throwing in the towel anyways, but I don't want you to be like, oh, this is for sure yes. C-section. But I like to say, hey, like it's possible that this, and honestly, when you're having a baby, it's always a possibility. Yes. Um, but I'll kind of plant that seed. When the doctor comes in, evaluates, makes the call, or if baby's heart goes down for a few minutes and isn't coming back up, yeah, we're going to need a C-section fast. We'll give you some meds. Um, these medications, they're really sim- like Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yes. There are all these studies that show if you take Tylenol pre-procedure, your pain scores are reported lower. lower. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes. <laughs> Don't want you to be in more pain than you need to be. Yes. Um, we'll give three other medications. Basically what they do is they help with nausea, vomiting, to neutralize your stomach acid. Just basic things. So if you do, sometimes the anesthesia or the medication, morphine, will make you throw up or feel nauseous. These medications are to help prevent that. Um, and then we will, it depends how quick we're going back. Sometimes we're quickly rolling you to the OR on our floor. It's, we have a, um operating room just like three doors down from yeah. the last yes, like labor room. It's labor right there is yes. a labor and delivery operating room the anesthesiologist meets us in there he'll dose you up um to make you just a lot more numb so you'll be able to feel pressure and pulling but you shouldn't feel anything sharp so he gives you either through the epidural or if you don't have an epidural he'll give you 
the spinal in your back um, that makes you just a lot more, a lot more numb, so you shouldn't mm-hmm. feel anything. Mm-hmm. We have this big drape that we, we clean you off and put this big drape on. Um, ours, there's a blue drape, and it comes down, so you can you see clear. Like yeah, so you still, like, are yes. in control. Yes, you're there and can you're see You're totally in control. So if you want, tell them to pull the drape down so you can yes. see what's going on. You can see the baby come out. Um, you'll have a significant other with you back there. They can bring their um, cameras, take pictures mm-hmm. through the whole thing. They'll be by your head supporting you. The anesthesiologist is by your head supporting you. And then the nurse that's been taking care of you is the circulator, meaning she'll, she or he will be in the room the whole time as well. Love it. Um, helping out with the C-section. The doctor will meet you in there and within five to ten minutes the baby's say, out it doesn't take that long no and i think that people are kind of like like what is, what yeah but yeah. It, it takes much longer to sew you up after yes <laughs> to actually get to the baby like yes. you said like in emergent situations it can be so yeah a minute yes. yeah they yes. can get to that baby really quick um and so we'll have like the NICU team in there taking mm-hmm. care of baby anesthesiologist taking care of you and your how comfortable you are and helping you with the nausea and all that good yes, stuff. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, baby's out within the first, couple I would minutes say, couple minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll take the baby, depending on how baby does, baby can be wrapped up and put right next to you. Or even, I know they're doing skin to skin deliveries yes, now where yes. you can like deliver the baby right onto you. Some hospitals will do that. So Amazing. I'd look into that if that's something you want. Um, and then, They'll, yeah, they'll about, it takes about an hour mm-hmm. total to get you all sewn back up and back in the room with your loved That's ones and your, your new little one. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty straightforward, honestly. Yeah. In a controlled C-section, like, it's just kind of standard. These things happen. Yeah. Baby gets here, and then they sew you back up, and then you're off to your room, just like as you would having a, ma- a vaginal delivery. You're going to recover in your room. Do you keep them for any longer than two? Hours no. after? Okay. No. Same. As long just as everything hours. looks good, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love it. And with a C-section, the only thing that's really that different is in the recovery, you're watching kind of like their spinal go down, so their epidural, mm-hmm. their medication that's numbing them should be like slowly lowering. What else? I'm trying to think. Is there anything yeah. else that's different? Just like for the incision. Yeah, incision care yeah. kind of. Okay, I love it. Yeah, but everything else is... Pretty straightforward. Pretty you can get back to room. You can do skin to skin with baby. Yeah. You can start breastfeeding if that be your yeah. choice. You can do all the things as if, you know, your delivery had been vaginal. It can be it can be very, very similar. And I think that's yeah. something that's important for moms to know and to hear is that like no matter which way the baby is birthed, mm-hmm. the end outcome of like you being there with your baby can be the same. And it just yeah. it just might take a couple more minutes and that's you know. Yeah, it's okay. We just do everything we can to get you there with your baby after. Absolutely. Um, I love that. Okay, Kayla. Honestly, I'm like, I feel like we did a good job. Yeah. What else is what? Did we anything? cover it all? Is there anything else? Like, what would you tell a new mom that's about to have her babe? What's like a piece of advice from, <laughs> piece from of your L and from your L and D nurse? I know from your L and D nurse. This is what <laughs> I would you tell you. <laughs> um. Who? Oh. Okay. I think just expectations yes. is something to talk about. Know what you want in your labor journey, but also 
to have no expectations. <laughs> it's it's hard to say because I want a mom to know what she wants, have preferences, obviously, um, to help the labor process along. Mm-hmm. But I also think going in with no expectations because things happen. Yeah. <laughs> things will happen that, um, yeah, it's, it, let me, let me start over well, on honestly, this. Like, this is one of the things I love the most about women's health. Is yes. Is that every journey is different. Totally. And like every story is different and like it literally is different every single time yes. someone give, has a baby. Yeah, your first baby, your second baby, yeah. so it's they're like, going to be different. You can have these expectations of like even comparing baby number one to baby number two and the births are literally like 180 from each other yes so it's like no expectations in the in the meaning of like it's okay if the birth process looks different than you pictured yes and like it can still be I don't know it's it can still be so beautiful and being able to wrap your head around like okay this is what I think it's gonna look like but it might look different yeah is just such a huge mental shift instead of like this is what my birth is going Going to to look like Mm -hmm. And then being crushed when, like, something goes a little differently. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So go in wanting that healthy mom, healthy baby. Yes. That's what we want as nurses for you. And we're going to do everything to make that happen. Yes. And and that's what we're there for, <laughs> you yeah. know? To, yeah. And we want it to be a fun, joyful process. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that way. Um. There's a lot of anxiety with it. There's a lot of emotions with it. Like, I get that. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, our end, my end goal, our end goal is healthy mom, healthy baby. If that's your, like, key expectation, beautiful. I love yes. it. Yes. Um, but, yeah, journeys, they are different for everyone. Yes, different. And, you're, yeah, your first, second, third, it's going to be different. But um, it's going to be a story. It's going to be a story. <laughs> a story in the book <laughs> for you to share. No, I love it. And I think just to cap it off, like we already said this, but your L&D nurse is out there just to like make it the best experience possible for you. Yeah. And like there's no villainizing that. Yeah. Like I'm just like, if you're working in the birth world, like your intention is to help people yes. achieve their birth that they want and that's what it comes down to yeah and I think you're doing just that I'm Thanks. I'm like I'll have another baby and you can be my nurse oh I would be more than the thrilled to okay wait last thing. okay yes do you care when moms poop no thank you absolutely okay. it's funny yeah that's like, it that's it goodbye. that's it goodbye <laughs> now I've had friends it's so funny they're like that is the thing I'm most nervous for I'm like, I don't I'm like, remember if you I poop, if you don't. I never I'm, even noticed. No. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's not even one of the things I'm watching for, sis. I'm like, yeah. I'm watching for cord, no. head, or like mech. And if poop. you do, like, I'm not telling you you yeah, did. I'm like, who cares? So it's you'll poop. never know anyways. Yeah. Okay, thank you. We're good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Whether you walk away from this episode knowing what to expect from a labor and delivery standpoint, or if just hearing a labor and delivery nurse say that she literally doesn't care if you poop, I hope you walk away knowing something you didn't know yesterday. Thank you for being here. As always, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode. Mm